Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yay, yay. It is the Monday episode and we are back, baby. Week two is in the books and I got to say it was a good week for your boy. Not a good week for NFL quarterbacks. No, not a good week for <laughs> fantasy in general, man. A lot of low scores. I put up, in our main league, I put up 111 points after O.J. Howard shit the bed. And 111 points ended up being in, like, the top half of the point total, which yeah, is a lot of rare. A lot of guys who uh, weren't on team scored. Um, you know, everyone did did so kind of shitty except for me. I, yeah. I killed it. I, I scored over 130 in every single one of my leagues. I mean, I saw I had 111, and I was like... Damn, another bad performance because my team kind of slacked the first week. And then I saw that it was actually better than most of the teams. So I was like, fuck it. I'll take it. I'm getting the W. <laughs> Sometimes you got to take it. But welcome back, everybody. Again, we just want to shout out our sponsors to start the episode. Shout out to Red Cup News. Red Cup News is your number one source for everything. Earthang college football um, related. Uh, the college football season is in full swing. So make sure you're checking out Brodo. Uh, I'm sorry, not Brodo. Red Cup. Proto too, but Red Cup. Yep. You follow them on Instagram at Red Cup News. That is where you could find them. You could also find them at Red Cup, and then your favorite fantasy, um, your favorite, uh, not your favorite fantasy, your favorite football team, university. They are probably going to be linked to that. So check that out. Uh, and also shout out to Thrive Fantasy. We did the Thrive Five for the first time last week. We'll do that again. Thrive Fantasy is a new daily, uh, daily fantasy site that you can bet props on so you bet five props instead of uh, putting in a lineup and you get to put any five props you want if you hit you get money if you don't you lose money hopefully you hit shout out to the guys over there uh we have a partnership with them we we fuck with them very hard uh shout out for the bro the promo code broto b-r-o-t-o if you enter the promo code broto on the site or on the app you get a free ten dollars with every deposit of ten dollars or more well, with with your first deposit, not every deposit. Facts. Every first deposit. That would be uh, what quite... I mean, what I meant was everyone listening right now. If you're not signed yes. up already, all of you have this opportunity to do that for sure. But yeah, that would be a that would be a bad business model. Yeah, I just I wouldn't stop depositing money. No, and ever and why would you ever deposit more than ten dollars? Yeah, yeah, it, make, it would make no sense. Well, that's why they're not doing it that way. <laughs> so shout out to Thrive Fantasy for not doing it that way. Uh. This is how we're going to do it. Today we have, of course, our Monday recap episode. For those of you who didn't catch us last week, uh, we recap the biggest storylines of the week, uh, the biggest guys of the week. We have the headlines. We have the surprises. We have the I saw that coming, which is us predicting something correctly. The surprises, something that we didn't see coming. Stock up players. We give you three players each that we think their stocks are going up. And stock down players. So, Mike, you want to get into this? Oh, I'm always ready. Let's start with the news. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. As always, thank you, Don Harrison. Good old Don Harrison. Good old Don Harrison. <laughs> Donny so, Hare. I mean, the big news, we got two big quarterback. Donny H. <laughs> big Donny H. Listen, we got two big quarterback. I almost dropped my phone, but I caught it in midair. I'm the man. Um, we got two quarterback, man, really, really brutal, really fantasy league changing and yep. NFL league changing because I know a lot of St- a lot of people were on the Steelers and the Saints. Let's start with the big one, the guy who's going to be out for the entire season, 
Ben, B- Big Ben Roethlisberger, yep. when he was throwing yesterday and he grabbed his right elbow and he did it twice, it just had shades of a baseball injury. It had shades of a Tommy John injury. It had shades of that torn ligament in the elbow. Because you, you see the pitchers like shaking their arm because it just feels like there's something like... Right. They're just trying to get it like loose. And then all of a sudden... it's just so tight. And then they pitch a pitch and they're like, oh, that hurt. Yeah. Maybe I just needed to crack something. And then they pitch another pitch and they're like, I'm out of this. And that's exactly what happened to Big Ben. Yep. So and he's Mason, out. Mason Rudolph actually said that he heard about Big Ben's elbow injury in practice on like Tuesday. So prior to this week, this was a thing. I guess the Steelers just figured it wasn't anything big because Big Ben probably just said, oh, just a little pain. And then that happened. Man, it's 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 a tough blow for the Steelers who also Very lose tough. John Connor. John Connor. James Connor, Tim. I'm sorry. Keep you call him that. James John Connor like every single every day. Every single time. But they lose James Connor. He's out with a knee injury. Well, they still have no idea what the extent of that is. They haven't reported anything about James Connor. So the MRI happens today. So by the time you listen to this episode, uh, you'll probably be able to go to Twitter and find out what happened to James Connor. We, we probably will have tweeted it. As well. Yeah, so I was just about to give myself ourselves a cheap plug, Michael. <laughs> Go to brotofantasy.com and at brotofantasy on Twitter for all of your needs uh, yes. that are not here. But let's go over the Steelers' outlook because it's going to be important. Um, first, let's go to their wide receiver options. You were on the juju train, Michael. You yes. said 1,600 yards, 10 touchdowns. Yes. He got off to a slow start, but he was still on pace to do some work. Mm-hmm. It was not like he was not doing anything he still had over 60 yards uh, in each game so the question is michael what do you see from juju now your love your boy juju's ceiling his unlimited ceiling is gone he now i th- i still think he's a solid high-end wide receiver too but the dreams of having him as wide receiver five or higher are are basically gone at this point because when when you think of juju you think big ben that connection right now you think Mason Rudolph. This guy's an unknown. He's, he hasn't really played in the NFL yet. He looked okay last week when he played, but the the flea flicker in which he hit Juju for like 50 yards where Juju made a tremendous catch, very underthrown. If he leads him, that's a 70-yard touchdown. So just off the bat right there, Big Ben probably makes that throw, and that's a 70-yard TD. It's just it's It sucks for Juju, but he's probably – like Juju Smith-Schuster owners are all down on Juju right now. Even if Big Ben was still playing, they'd be down on him as if he's not on pace for over 100 catches and 1,300 yards. He yeah. just hasn't found the end zone yet. Right. So I think they're just they're bugging out a little bit. He has gotten double-digit points. He went 5-84 and 84 last week. So I, I still think he's going to be highly, highly involved and targeted often. I just don't see the huge ceiling for Juju anymore. I will say there's a lot of people who are just like, jump ship on, on Juju. Jump ship. Jump ship. Hold on. We got a young rookie quarterback here. Right. Well, not rookie, but a young quarterback who's a rookie starter in in the sense that he never started before. That guy looks for the slot receiver. He also uh, Juju had five targets in the second half of Mason Rudolph on the center. Right. So, I mean, look, this team let go of Josh Dobbs, their longtime backup quarterback. Mason Rudolph won the job. They drafted him in the third round. If you remember, this is the pick that they made um, with. If I'm not mistaken, this is the pick they made with the Antonio Brown pick. That they got. I, I don't know the answer to that. Well, they, they made a they made a trade. And, oh, I'm sorry. This is the Le'Veon Bell. No. I'm sorry. They made a trade, and they got an extra pick, and this was the extra pick that they got in the trade. Gotcha. So they they wanted him. A third-round quarterback is not someone that you're just la-di-da about. Yeah. So they like him. And 
I think the biggest winner in this is James Washington. I actually put out the waiver wave just a little while ago, and I think James Washington is a super stash. There's a couple of reasons why. Number one, every time a backup quarterback comes in, the number two wide receiver usually takes a step up in production because that's the guy that they're throwing to in practice. Right. So James Washington is that number two receiver on sometimes number three receiver. So not only was he throwing to him in practice, every time Mason Rudolph was on the field in preseason, James Washington was also on the field. There was a bomb in preseason that they threw uh, that they connected with. Not only that, these guys have connected a lot of times before they went to the same college, Oklahoma State University, where they were lighting the world on fire. They also have a great connection personally. They both came back for their senior season with each other. They could have went for the NFL draft. Both of them decided to come back together to chase a national championship. That didn't happen. But what did happen is James Washington won the College Receiver of the Year award. They connected for 74 receptions, over 1,500 yards, and 15 touchdowns that season. Yes, there was even, even a hashtag, Rudolph to the number two Washington. That was a hashtag because it happened so often it had its own hashtag. <laughs> so, like... This is a this is a combination that's had success before. So I think James Washington all of a sudden takes a step up. Uh, I, yeah, but I, I agree with you where he I think he's more of a later on in the season because I don't think oh, Jay, uh, Rudolph is taking over. James Washington is now going to be a stud. No, definitely even, not a plug and play. Yeah, even in the second half when he came in, I think James Washington saw the first throw by Rudolph, and then that was the only target he saw. That well, was, that's what happens when it goes right off your hands and into the defender's hands. Yeah, it was Juju, Vance, Moncrief, even Deontay Johnson was over James Washington. So I think people have to slow down with that a little bit, but I do think he's a good stash for later on in the year. But it does look pretty good for Vance McDonald. Seemed to be getting targeted a lot from Rudolph. He did catch two touchdowns for Rudolph. One of them, it was a broken down screen to McDonald that ended up becoming a screen to McDonald that worked. It was a very interesting play if you haven't seen it yet. I did. It was supposed to be like an outlet to the left, and yeah. it kind of broke down. McDonald ran back to the middle. He just tossed it to him, and he went into the end zone. Not for nothing, Rudolph really looked like Big Ben on that play. Because how many times have you seen before Big Ben stand in the pocket, do six different pump fakes, and then find someone on the a complete other side of the field? That was very Big Ben-like. I mean, he has been watching him for a couple of years. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it could be something. We'll see. It's... Uh, it's Obviously, it's not good for the receivers, though. Who thought Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew, Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, and Teddy Bridgewater would be starting quarterbacks by week three in the you NFL know, season this year? Gardner Minshew, if you don't follow like fantasy Twitter, is becoming like a cult hero. He is just because he the way he looks with the mustache and everything. He showed up with like a unbuttoned shirt. He was like stretching the locker room and only a jock strap. He's becoming like one of those guys that everyone loves. His completion percentage was sixty nine point sixty nine, sixty nine, sixty nine, sixty nine, sixty nine. And now that's... <laughs> the bros must love him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and people are going even crazier about Gardner Minshew now, but he played admirably. Yeah, he did. So, I mean, the Steelers' offense, it's not the end of the world for them. I think that's what we're putting together. They've, they, they have had backup quarterbacks in the past. Let's not forget the Landry Jones experience. Big Ben always misses one or, two, one or two games a year. We've always seen Landry Jones, and yet somehow they always seem to produce from somewhere. So... Keep an eye on the Steelers. If you have a Steeler on your roster, it's not over yet. Let's talk about a Steeler that could make an impact, Jalen Samuels. He was – we mentioned him in the in our um, Brodo Heat Wave this summer when we previewed the Steelers. People were drafting him as if he was going to have some kind of something. Womp womp. Womp womp. But at the same time, we said, hey, if you're drafting him because you think he's going to get points, you're bugging – 
but he is a high quality hand uh, handcuff, and he probably will be the best handcuff to own. Do you still feel that way? Uh, I mean, now with James Conner hurt, if Jalen Samuels, he's going to be high up there in our waiver rankings. We sneak peek for the for tomorrow when our waiver rankings come out, just because whoever the starting running back in the Steelers' offense is is valuable. So if Connor has to miss time, Samuels is definitely someone to add. But if Connor says he's all right, then then whatever. I mean, Samuels just isn't gonna have a role. But yeah, he's someone you should, if you have the spot, keep on your bench. I will say this, guys. This this news segment here is just basically a bunch of injuries. It's kind of yeah. crazy. Like it, the injury bug is hitting the NFL hard so far. Let's get to the second one. Drew Brees in a freak accident. This is not. This is not like Ben, where wear and tear on the elbow is just taking its toll on him. Drew Brees makes a throw, hits Aaron Donald, I believe, in the hand as Aaron yep. Donald comes to swat it. Aaron Donald also also left that game with an injury, and he tears a ligament in his thumb. Six weeks he's out, but I will tell you this, guys. Listen, I know I don't have world-class trainers behind me, but I have torn a ligament in my thumb before. Six weeks is what you need just to start grabbing things and building strength back. So that six-week time period is very optimistic, and it could be a lot more. Uh, well, I mean, we'll see, because also then you have like Dan Orlovsky today on ESPN, former quarterback, same injury happened, and he said after six weeks he felt perfectly fine, and he was able to grip everything. So I mean, it does depend on Dan Orlovsky, Drew Brees, and easy, I mean, easy, he easy, easy, easy. He was a former NFL quarterback who said he was able to grip after six weeks, and that's all that matters with Brees. He also yeah. ran outside the back of the end zone, so I don't know how much I, I, I love I Dan trust Orlovsky's that. <laughs> former NFL career. <laughs> but, yo, Teddy Bridgewater looked like Teddy Bridgewater always looks. Yeah. Someone who can't throw down field, average yard per attempt is like four. He's going to throw at, at most one touchdown a game and hope the defense carries the squad. This is why me and Jason were mind-boggled when Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater was like this guy people wanted their team to trade for in the offseason. Like, if you tr- trade for Teddy Bridgewater, you're putting your team in the rearview mirror because you're not going to win a Teddy Bridgewater QB. Ooh, I mean, that's that's harsh. I mean, I'm sorry, but he's just not very good. He's not an NFL... He's not, he's not an above-average NFL starter. He, What the Saints need him to do is to just hold down the... Fort until Drew Brees returns. Hopefully, it's only six weeks. They do have a bye week, I believe, in there, which helps Drew Brees. But no one in that division other than the Saints have really looked up to their par as of yet. So I I do think the Saints aren't really going to miss Brees that much. Obviously, they're going to miss him a lot, but I still think they end up winning the division. But yeah, Teddy Bridgewater definitely doesn't help. What about Taysom Hill, bro? Honestly, if you're trying to run like a wildcat offense, try to do like a Lamar Jackson type thing. Sean Payton already has a bunch of Taysom Hill uh, plays in the playbook. I wonder if they use him more often now. I guarantee you they do. Yeah. I guarantee. I mean, he was lining up out wide. He was. OD last game. Sean Payton called him Steve Young. <laughs> if you if you call someone Steve Young, then why not give him a shot at playing quarterback? Yeah. Get some wildcat It would not be. It would not options. surprise me if Teddy Bridgewater continues to be conservative, and we'll get to the effect that it has on the Saints players. But if he continues to be conservative and continues to check down and shit like that, yo, maybe Taysom Hill takes every snap under center. But the thing that that would be cool. That would be I'd, awesome. I'd like to see that. But the thing that bothered me with Bridgewater too is that he wasn't checking it down to Kamara. He was just throwing like incomplete passes. Three targets, like, one catch for Kamara. Yeah, we, you saw Kamara do his typical just run up and like turn around, just run a quick out from uh, 
I like the line of scrimmage that Drew Brees typically just dumps it off to, off to him and lets him do his thing. But Bridgewater wasn't dumping it off to him to let him do his thing. I think he was pressing a little bit. He did have to come in just off the bench right? against the Rams. It's always a little bit of a different... Right, against the Rams. It's always a little bit of a different story. Yeah. So, when, I mean, it's... It's definitely a downgrade for all involved, though. I was gonna say, let's let's go to the to the position players. You gotta knock them down one or two notches. Get in Traquan Smith become unusable even at home. Absolutely. And then Michael Thomas, he was already less uh, valuable on the road. But I mean, it looks like Teddy Bridgewater is just gonna throw to him and only him. I was gonna, it's Michael Thomas. He he takes a little bit of a step down, but I don't think he takes too much. He got thirteen targets from Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. If you get, if you're getting targeted thirteen times and you're Michael Thomas and you're I do you're, I do think you're gonna get some points. It's similar to the Juju situation where they should still at least be high end wide receiver twos, right? Even with the backup QBs, but they're not gonna probably not gonna match their ADP. Yeah, which sucks because for some people, Michael Thomas is the best player on their team. Yeah, so I mean, some people started the draft Michael Thomas, Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah, I almost did in our main league. I went Juju and Julio Jones, but. I feel bad for the people who went Juju and Michael Thomas for the next six weeks. Yeah, that's going to be tough. And it has nothing to do with those players either. Yeah, um, Kamara takes a step down, of course, as well. Lat Murray, I don't you know can drop how him. you're going to use Lat Murray. I wouldn't drop him just because he does have the... He's a roster He's a week, roster sore right now. Every week, touchdown appeal. He's a roster like sore right now, man. But if you have injured running backs, you could put Latavius Murray in there and hope he scores a touchdown. But yeah, everyone who was drafting Latavius Murray in the 7th, 8th round and took a victory lap... Week one, that's another womp womp. We try telling you to sell high. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. We yelled sell high. Yo, not for nothing. I have him in only the Brodo Patron League, and which is which you know the Brodo Patrons listen to us. Because so you that's took him in like the twelfth round. <laughs> I got him in the, so far. <laughs> yeah, I got him in the twelfth round. But then I tried to sell him to everyone, and no one wanted him because they all listen to us. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a catch twenty two like man. Five rushes, seven yards, I believe, and then a catch for twelve yards, I believe it was just. He's not a pass catching back, and now no. they're gonna like once he's in with Teddy Bridgewater in the game, like you don't have the the fear of getting beat over the top. So it's not a good out, outlook for Latavius Murray. Um, let's talk about this. The Chiefs they continue to look great, but the injury bug continues to. to it seems like it doesn't matter how many injuries they have as long as Pat Mahomes is not injured. Yep. But the injury bug strikes again. LaShawn McCoy. Ankle injury, he left the game. He's going to have an MRI today. D-Will, uh, D he left the game with a knee injury. So the worst part about all this is all those Darwin Thompson truthers out there who are like, Darwin Thompson's the guy to have. Darwin Thompson's actually the guy to have right now if these yeah. guys don't play next week. Yeah. I mean, Daryl Williams was the next in line actually in the game. So, I mean, he'll probably split work with Darwin Thompson if both have to miss time. Daryl Williams, that's a name kind of like, and just a little shout-out to the the Patreon, patreon.com slash brotofantasy, we can get our waiver wire show. Michael and Jason had the waiver wire show, and they told you to pick up Robinson, the wide receiver, out instead of McCall Harmon, although McCall Harmon had a good game too. We said uh, in Fab Leagues, uh, in the waiver wire show, for only patrons, we said Michael Hardman, I'd go 15% or so, but that's likely going to lose the bid. And then we said, but go grab Demarcus Robinson for a dollar when right. no one else is. And now we could do and the same thing. With, we could do the same thing with Daryl Williams. Yeah, true. Because now Demarcus Robinson in high stakes leagues and just normal leagues, he's going for at least fifty percent of Fab in every single league, guaranteed. You think or so? The number one waiver wire, absolutely. Gee, I just put a ten dollar bid on him. I'm definitely losing that, dude. One hundred seventy yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Tyreek Hill out for like the next five weeks. You're talking dirty. 
Exactly. Like whoever has Demarcus Robinson, well, whoever's going to get Demarcus Robinson is going to spend a lot of money to get him. Uh, let's talk about especially because he ran the second most routes on the team behind Sammy Watkins, more than Miko Hardman. Man, I gotta say, watching and he made some tough catches. He made some ridiculously one, great catches. One he was wide open on. You can't say, but you know what? Look. When I when I'm not the best basketball player in the world, I got a jump shot, but that's basically it. I'm not I'm not the best basketball player in the world. But I'll tell you this: when I used to play with my friend Louis, he was a great point guard. And when you play with greatness, your game elevates a little bit. And my game always elevated when I played with Louis. So I wonder if just like anyone who plays with Pat Mahomes is going to be elevated to that stature and want to play. Yeah. No one wants to be the guy who drops a bomb by Pat Mahomes. Yeah. And the way that that team is is rolling right now. Andy Reid is designing plays right out of the pocket. They have him on seven-step drops out of a shotgun, rolling right, switching around, rolling left, just so he could turn around and launch it 50 yards. Yeah, they're, they're using their speed to their uh, to their advantage. Robinson and Hardman are both burners. So is Watkins. They're all burners. Tyreek Hill, too. Yo, Watkins had 13 targets. Don't give up on Watkins yet, Yeah, people who are down on Watkins now, that's, that's just being silly. Yeah, I agree. Um... Let's talk about some more wide receiver injuries. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, both injury-prone guys, both left the game. Um, Nelson Aguilar had a big game in response. Yep. You saw Mac Hollins on some, on some stuff, on some, you know, some drives. Some Mac Hollins type yeah, stuff. Some Mac Hollins type stuff. Uh, JJ Arcega Whiteside, are you dropping any fab? Uh, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna stop that. Um, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Real quick though, did you see the Nelson Aguilar dropped touchdown at the end of the game? Ugh, man. It's so, likely a touchdown. He could have got caught, but dude, so you could not get a more perfect pass down the sideline. And then, and then he made that tremendous catch on fourth and ten. Yeah, like shout out to Carson Wentz for being a baller, bro. Yeah, that guy is, has MVP written all over him. Kenyon Drake on the trading bar on the trading block. Some reports say he could be traded as early as tomorrow. What destination do you want to see him go to? Look, Kenyon Drake owners, I try to sell Kenyon Drake trying to sell the fact that he's going somewhere else because people are going to be excited if he gets traded to a contender say he goes or not even contender like a like bruce arians offense it hasn't looked good so far but it has been good in the past like if he goes to tampa bay people are like yes go get Kenyon drake say he goes to houston and they decide they don't want to use uh, carlos hyde anymore teams like that we've seen running backs get traded mid-season in recent years and it almost never works out I mean, you could just look at Carlos Hyde last season. Uh, J.H.I. worked out to an extent. J.H.I. worked out to an extent, but he needed games to to get uh, acclimated acclimated with yeah. the team. Like, he was unusable for the first few weeks, and then he was getting 40% of the snaps the rest of the season. So, like, it's tough. I hear so you. So, Kenyon Drake's not someone I'm really targeting right now. Maybe if someone drops him, stash him for free. But he's not someone I'm targeting. Yo, shout-out to Devin Smith, who... Former Jet great. Former Jet second-round pick who we all had high hopes for, and he just kept getting injured. Michael Gallup out two to four weeks. Looks like Devin Smith is going to get an opportunity, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, if he could use his speed and Kellen Moore draws up some plays, maybe he'll have some more uh, long touchdowns in we'll the let, arsenal. We'll let you know how much fab to spend on him and all that in the waiver wire episode. But, uh, Michael, what do you say? You want to you wanna move on to the We Saw That Coming segment? Let's do it. I saw that one coming. This is where we tell you something last week, and it came true. Yep. I'm going to start this one off because Jason argued with me, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I did this. Josh Allen, I saw it coming from a mile away. Starting QBs against the Giants, start them. 
All this day, year, every day. all day, every day, and Josh Allen played a hell of a game. Not for nothing. Hell of a game's a bit of a stretch. What do you mean? He was a six highest scorer. Well, fantasy wise, yes, in real life that's what wise. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah. about, about fantasy. Oh well, yeah, I I love Josh Allen too. This week, I don't like you be ten. I I convinced you to start him over Cam Newton. You You're did. welcome. Is that getting you the win, or did you have a large enough margin? I had a large enough margin, but at the same time. I started him in four leagues, so I was starting him. It was just I was leaning towards him, but you pushed me over the edge. Nice. So that's what I do. Another rushing TD for him, like in the exact same way that he rushed against the Jets, and we forgot to mention this: Devin Singletary got hurt. He left the game. Uh, day to day, it's being reported. But thankfully, at, yes, but at the same time, hamstring injuries are fucked up. And if they're not, they they could be worse. And but I'm if they're if they're not bad though. Then it could just be like a little tweak, and it's not really a big deal. That's true, but at the same time, if it, let's say Devin Singletary does go down, Frank Gore gets a bump up, yes, but I think Josh Allen gets a bump up. I think they just run with Josh Allen more. That's interesting. Frank Gore did get 19 carries for like 80 yards and a touchdown last week, so he just keeps on trucking, old man Gore. Yeah, he does. And you know what? I saw that coming last week, and I'm already calling it this week. I know we're we're gonna do a preview show, but they're playing Cincinnati next week. I'm starting Josh Allen in all four of my leagues again, easily. I can't blame. Well, you. Well, I have I have eight leagues, but in four of my eight leagues that I have Josh Allen, I'm starting him in all of them. Can't blame you if you do, Michael. Who's your saw that coming player? Uh, first is Cam Newton. Cam Newton, I had as my QB 16 this week. Expert consensus rankings on Fantasy Pros had him at uh, eight, so I was way down on Cam Newton, and apparently I was even too high on him. He ended with 11 and a half points after six and a half points week one against the Rams and Tampa Bay, which are not like the most the most difficult defenses he to go looked up against. horrible, He bro. did not look good. And look, going back to last season, ever since the injury, he's averaging less than 10 fantasy points a game. If he's not running and there's literally no indication that he's yeah. going to start running, he should be nowhere near fantasy lineups. And you know what? This is this has Sean McVay talking about Todd Gurley's knee written all over it too. They swear, yo, his foot's fine, his shoulder's fine. If everything was fine, then he'd be running. There's a stat that there, <laughs> yeah. there's a stat that's that has like I, I don't know the the exact numbers, but when the when Cam Newton has more than I think five rushes per game, the Panthers are like unbeatable. When he has less than that, the Panthers can't win. I mean, not for nothing. We tried warning everyone throughout the offseason that Cam Newton, he's like a 30-year-old, already inaccurate QB looking to change his throwing motion. So, so far it's been terrible for Cam. My saw that coming is Sony Michelle. Michael, sorry about this. I know you're not high on Michelle. But one thing you do, you say about Michelle is that he's inconsistent. Yeah. But I mean, he, I had him as my running back like 20 this week. Right. And But here's the thing. When he's in a game script where you can count on him, you need him to come through. And when he's playing a team like Miami, he came through. Yep. You needed him to come through, and he came through. Well, I mean, he could he should have had a bigger game, honestly. He lost a fumble, too. So only 12.5 points against Miami with, like, double-digit carries isn't tremendous either. So if anything, if I'm a shell owner, I'm a little disappointed, not going to lie. Really? Yeah. It's better than 15 for 14 yards. <laughs> Anything's better than here's 15 a, for 14 here's the yards. Most, here's the, the biggest thing for me. Rex Burkhead was a non-factor. Mm-hmm. James White wasn't really used. So in these type of games, you know that when you know for sure Sony Michelle's going to be used, it's official. Sony Michelle's going to be used. All right, Michael, who's your last? I told you so. I saw, I, know, I saw that coming. I saw that coming. Marlon Mack. We warned everyone who took a Marlon Mack victory lap after week one. He told you he was going to beat up and down with him per usual. 
It's all about game script with Marlon Mack, man. He's and another one. Per usual, he did not have a role in the passing game. He caught two passes for 12 yards, which is actually, actually probably more than his average. And rushed for only 51 yards on 20 carries. So he got the work. He just didn't look great doing it. And this is what Marlon Mack does. He's a touchdown-dependent running back who needs touchdowns to be an RB1 or even a high-end RB2. Otherwise, he's more of a flex, low-end RB2 play. And he showed that again week two. I saw a lot of people trading for Marlon Mack with with some crazy-ass trades, man. And if you were one of the people who traded away Marlon Mack and got a haul for him, congratulations. You win the day because Marlon Mack, look, he's going to have some good games. We're not not saying that he's not going to have some good games. But when Jason, who is honestly, and I would never say this to his face, but Jason's the best fantasy football player I know. And when Jason is number one, when Jason's number, hey, you're the best fantasy baseball player. Look, us three are the best at fantasy. So I just think Jason's just a little bit. All right, let's move on. (laughs) He's not even on the show right now. I know. That's why I'm talking good about him. But look, when he he says he's his number one fade, you got to pay attention because Jason is usually right about these things. And Uh, I'm going to actually step in here for Jason and give him a couple. We saw that coming. Yeah, hold on. I just, I just, uh, Commented Jason. Let me shit on Jason because Jason's not part of these. Because as you guys know, if you listen, if you're a listener, he's also in law school. He's in Cornell Law School. So when Jason, it, Jason does not have the time to do this Monday show. He would love to do it, but he doesn't have the time to do it. He's a, he's upstate in Ithaca, and he was like, "Yo, give give my I saw that coming because I want some credit." I'm like, you're Jason, you're such a hurt." Yep. So Malcolm Brown, <laughs> uh, he didn't find the end zone, so he was basically useless. We said he was very touchdown dependent. Well, Jason did too. TJ Hawkinson, he said, be aware, beware, not be aware, beware and be aware of rookie tight ends and don't buy completely into the hype. He went one for seven. Can I give you some, a shout out? I don't know if you remember this, Michael, but you went like this. You said, you know, I could see TJ Hawkinson doing really well, or I could see him going for like one catch for like seven yards. Yeah, I think I might you have said the exact thing. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, when, I saw it, when I saw it was one for seven, I was like, yo, Michael called that shit. I'm going to re-listen to it and see if I actually got it on the nose because <laughs> that needs to be shared. And Raheem Mostert. Jason said to get Raheem Mostert and start him in your flex. I was I liked Mostert. I didn't like him as much as Jason. And if you started Mostert, you had a heck of a day. Yeah, you. If you started Mostert, you were. I a actually Mostert. picked. I said I picked up Mostert in the Scott Fishbowl for ten out of a hundred bucks. Put him in my flex, and he had a game and a half. I actually one of my surprises was Mostert. So let's start with that in the surprise surprise section. Surprise, motherfucker. That so never gets old. My, my first my first surprise is not only Mostert but Wilson as well. Here's why. Because Jeffrey Matt, Wilson Jr. Jeffrey Wilson. Matt Breida was railing off 10 yards of carry at certain points in the game. He was killing it. But yep. as we see, Kyle Shanahan, he likes two-back systems. He doesn't like going with a workhorse. And he has roles for all of his backs. And that's why his backs succeed in those roles. And Moster got all the carries inside the 20. Even Jeff Wilson, when he was on the goal line, goal line, got the carries. And you got to wonder, when Tevin Coleman come, comes back, what's his role on this team? And so that's the really surprising to me that he went th- that far with Mostert and Wilson. I thought Mostert would be a solid play. I wouldn't have started him this week. Shout out to Jason, who said he would start him this week. Um, but, yes, yeah, shout out to that because it was a surprise to me. Yeah, My, uh, my first surprise is just the Chiefs wide receivers in general because it doesn't matter who Patrick Mahomes is throwing to if they are a starting receiver on the Chiefs they're going to put in work facts because I, I we said to pick up the Marcus Robinson we said if you could get Mecole Hardman cheap do it and it's not like we're it's not like I'm some crazy scout who studied the Marcus Robinson's game for weeks I just 
see opportunity, and I pounce on that opportunity, and that's exactly what happened to Marcus Robinson. That's why we said to get him for a dollar, because when you're in the most explosive offense in the league, if you have a chance of getting an opportunity, you take advantage of that. And he played the second most snaps behind Sammy Watkins. I don't see why that would change. He made some tremendous catches, as we said. One of the one of the touchdowns in the front left corner of the end zone, right over a defender. It was beautiful. And as long as he's a starting wideout in the Patrick Mahomes offense, he's probably startable every week. Yeah, I mean, there you can't really argue with that. And I, I just want to say, again, I got to plug this because if you're not a Patreon member already, brotofantasy.com, I'm sorry, patreon.com slash brotofantasy, or you can go to brotofantasy.com and there's pop-ups everywhere you can click on Patreon. Yeah. Dude, we give you an extra episode for what, $5 a month? $5 Even a month. Even three. Three is the lowest tier. They get the episode. Oh, they get the $3 a month. That's literally less than a Starbucks coffee. And Starbucks coffee is great. And you get our. This is where I'm telling. I'm telling you right now. This is where we shine. Our waivers, because we ha, we see opportunities like that, and no one would have had Demarcus Robinson right now. You would have had Demarcus Robinson on your team had you been listening. And to that's that. why we always say uh, there's a lot more to waivers and rankings because Demarcus Robinson was not in our top five waiver rankings. That would have been, that would not have been smart. But we did have him in our waiver rankings, and we said if you can't get these guys, if you don't want to spend these guys. If you get outbid on these guys, which is likely if you bid what we're saying because we wouldn't bid that much on them, then you get Demarcus Robinson for a dollar, and it might end up working out better, and that's exactly what happened. Facts, facts, facts. All right. Uh, let's move on to our second surprise. My second surprise is Emmanuel Sanders, man. Listen. Keeps on trucking. Dude is 31 years old now, 32 years old, came back from an Achilles injury that ends careers. He was He's a really good personality on TV. I don't know if you've seen him on the on ESPN, but he's super good. Or like he reminds me of Ryan Clark a lot. They both have like that similar charisma. And dude, he was gonna he was gonna retire. He decides to come back. Joe Flacco has a great rapport with him, and he goes for 98 yards and a touchdown, 11 catches on 13 targets. Man, I gotta say, I was fading Emmanuel Sanders. I was wrong. He is clearly the number one receiver in Denver. Joe Flacco loves to, th- to throw to someone, and Joe Flacco historically has not been enough to carry two wide receivers, but he's had enough to carry one wide receiver historically. So I think Emmanuel Sanders, as of right now, is an every week starter and kind of guy. He could be, yeah. I mean, once I saw the preseason, once I saw that Emmanuel Sanders looked as good as he did. This is the Bears, too. Sorry to cut you yeah. off. That's against the Bears. I started saying, grab him in the 10th, 11th round because. Yes, there's risk of him getting hurt, but it's a 10th, 11th round pick, and this guy was a wide receiver one for the first half of the season last season. And I admittedly sat Emmanuel Sanders in a league because he was going against Chicago. I would have done the same thing any week, probably against Chicago, but then he comes out and does this. And it's just it just goes to show you how great of a player Emmanuel Sanders is, and he's weekly a wide receiver three. Um, Michael, who's your second surprise surprise? My second surprise surprise, Debo Samuel slash Dante Pettis. It's official, folks. It's official. Dante Pettis is not going to be a thing. He is. Unless something drastic changes. In the doghouse. He did play over 30 snaps, which is more than his two, because he he said he was healthier and he was going to play more. He did, but not a single target. His only positive yardage play was a pass on a trick play. And then Debo Samuel, on the other hand, operated again as the number one, played the most snaps of all 49ers, had a touchdown, had over 80 yards, and then uh, not well. And then he got a Kyle Shanahan offense, and 
a number one wide receiver on that team is somebody you want. Debo Samuel is widely available on the waiver wires still, which I thought was very odd. I think we had him again to pick him up last week. And now you have Debo Samuel, who's also going to go for a chunk of change. We'll we'll get into that more on the waiver wire episode tomorrow, but number one in a Kyle Shanahan offense is not a bad player to have on your team. For sure, and on top of that, man, in a Kyle Shanahan offense, and against the and he, and he did this. He's a rookie, so you yeah. you have to you have to take it with a grain of salt when, um, when you get preseason hype. But he's matching all that preseason hype that he was getting. And look, Marquise Goodwin got all the long plays, and he got the real deep one to start the game, so he got a lot of the the shine. But Debo Samuel was clearly running as the number one. He's clearly yeah. the number one receiver right now. Marquise there. Goodwin did look pretty good too, though. He Shout did. Marquise Goodwin. But he's a he's a hit or miss. He's he's definitely not the number one. Yes, he's he's very uh, up and down player. You have any more surprises? Uh, no, that's it for the surprises. All right, so let's get into our stock rising ones. By the way, stock rising. The reason why it's stock rising is because just because a stock is rising does not mean it will stay there forever. It just means it's on the way up. So right now it's guys that we are getting getting more and more and more, and we love more and more and more as the weeks go by. So let's get into the stock up. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. John, John, the grand slam home run that I'm talking about is Aaron Jones. Listen, he was Aaron my stock. Jones. He was in the stock down category last week. But just like the, the market, he rebounded. Clearly the number one back in week two. 29 touches total. Love that. Love it. Four out of six for catches. Look. They're running at the clock in the end of the game, so those are a little inflated. But take away 10 of those carries, and you still love the production. Aaron Jones, you got to love his opportunity. you got to love the production that he's getting. He's clearly the better back in that backfield over Jamal Williams, even though Jamal Williams had a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Um, in uh, the Reception after a couple Aaron Jones gains. Yes. So, um, for me, Aaron Jones is on the rise, and he's back into the consideration that made him that third-round, fourth-round pick for yourself. You know I was in Vegas for the live FFPC main event drafts, the $1,500 entry fees. Cheap love. Like a $500,000 grand prize, so this is supposed to be the best of the best playing. The fact that I can't play because I work for the company kills me. (laughs) And there's a small thing that goes on for the main event that we hold drafts Friday and Saturday after the Thursday night game. So all players can put their Thursday players in or out of their lineup, knowing what score they have Mm. to make it fair for everyone because the players drafting Friday and Saturday know how many points they have already. And a lot of players will either rise or fall. The Friday and Saturday drafts are a lot of fun. Like Kareem Hunt was going first overall in leagues the year he went off week one. This time around, Devontae Adams was falling to like the mid-second and Aaron Jones I saw was falling to like the late fourth. And it absolutely blew my mind because if anything, they had terrible week ones. But if anything, I would have been buying them for even more, which sounds nuts. But Explain, sir. You have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, two players who we are expecting to be very good fantasy players. You now have the first game against Chicago out of the way. Yeah. One of their games against Chicago is gone. And you can sit them. You know it was a bad game. And you can sit them. Yeah. 
You can draft a player and start him over Aaron Jones that week, not have to see three points in your starting lineup, and then you have Aaron Jones for the rest of the season, not going up against Chicago. Apparently, I'm the only one with that mindset, but whoever was able to get Aaron Jones in the late fourth, it's looking great now. And yeah, I agree with you, stock rising for Aaron Jones. Facts, facts. Great. Michael, who's your first stock rising? Andy Dalton. The Zach Taylor offense combined with the terrible offensive line combined with the terrible rushing attack of the Cincinnati Bengals is making Andy Dalton a QB1. He's on pace to throw the ball over 700 times. Yeah, he put up 20 and a half fancy points, then 19 and a half fancy points back to back weeks, over 300 passing yards, over 400 week one, a couple passing touchdowns in each game. John Ross and Tyler Boyd are looking great. Then you got A.J. Green coming back in a couple weeks. The Zach Taylor offense looks like Andy Dalton's made for it. Me and Jason in a league that have deep benches dropped Sam Darnold and picked up Andy Dalton. Pretty hyped about that. If you're in a deep bench league or if you need a streamable QB, so you have Cam Newton and a lot of QBs are taken, go get Andy Dalton. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to have that much. Do you know who's on pace to break the record right now for most passing attempts in a year? Who's on pace to break most passing attempts? Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray in his rookie season is on pace to break the record for most passing attempts in a season. Absolutely nuts. Absolutely you know what? Nuts. You know what's crazy, man? The dude's looking all right. Like he's not lighting the world on fire, but he's not throwing five interceptions a game, yeah. which is very when you're when you're dropping back fifty times per game and you're a rookie and you're not throwing five interceptions a game. That's that's really really good. Yeah. Um, my stock rising is a guy that look, I looked people in the face. And I begged them to take this guy. I said, he's going to be a number one receiver. And now he is a tight end one for sure, startable every week. You're going to have to bump the top four you and make this it one, a top man. five. Mark Andrews, bro. Nine targets, eight catches, back-to-back 100-plus yard games. They went to him early and often. They converted a third and 17 to them. The best part is that he gets chunks. He gets 20-yard catches. He gets 24-yard receptions. He gets long touchdowns. This is not a dink and dunk player. Mark Andrews is the number one target. Now, in terms of receptions, Marquise Brown had 13 targets. So um, Mark Andrews obviously was second in targets last game. But he is the number one target in terms of where Lamar Jackson wants to go in the clutch. Lamar Jackson loves going to his tight ends. And Lamar Jackson looks like a very, very very, very improved passer this season. So, I, yo, listen, Mark Andrews, I begged people to take him. I took him legitimately in every single league that I that I am in, uh, besides one league where I took Evan Ingram, which, you know, I'm, I'm loving as well because I'll put him in the top five as well. But, look, I, I hope you listen to me because Mark Andrews is, is the real deal and his yeah. stock is rising high. You nailed that one. Um I'm just going to piggyback that with Marquise Brown. Yeah, my stock rising. him too, man. Because a week after catching only four passes and running route in only 14 plays, people were saying maybe be hesitant about picking him up because you don't know what his role is. I on, their ha- on, their, on, the, I, on the other hand, said, or you could look at it that he did this much in 14 plays and his opportunity is only going to go up. And last week, he got over 50% of Lamar Jackson's pass attempts, 13 targets, 8 for 86 he didn't get in the end zone, but he's not going to get in the end zone every game. He's looking like a shoe-in wide receiver three, if not more, weekly. Right now, Marquise Brown, whoever took the shot on him, I didn't draft him because I'm just i not a big fan of drafting rookies, but it looks like whoever took a shot on him, I did add him in a couple leagues. Whoever took a shot on him is looking mighty fine with Marquise Brown in their lineups. Going yeah, forward. for sure. 
that that Ravens passing game is on the on the way up because we in the beginning were very down on Ravens wide receivers, um, and now it's looking like there's not only a, a wide receiver but also a receiver in the tight end. Well, I, I we thought the tight ends would do well, but the receivers are looking like they actually have a chance to produce here. Um, my my third guy it was Pat Mahomes because. If it's possible for his stock to rise even higher, it is. But that's the cheap way out. I'm actually going to go David Montgomery. David Montgomery had six rushes for 18 yards in his first game, one catch for 27 yards. People were off the Montgomery bandwagon. I'm one of the people who sat him in one of my leagues. Uh, I played him in another one of my leagues, and I was happy that I played him. He ended up getting eight, uh, 19 touches in this one against Denver. 62 yards is not going to light the world on fire. That's 3.4 an attempt, so he has to get a little better. But they handed him the ball at the goal line five straight plays, I believe, because of a penalty. So right now, the coaching staff doesn't have much faith in Mitch Trubisky uh, to not throw an interception. <laughs> so... Uh, and that hurts me to say because you know I'm Mitch Trubisky's number one fan. Yeah. But you got the, you facts are facts. He's been playing bad. Look, facts are facts. He has not been playing well. Although in the clutch, Mitch Trubisky always comes up. Right, I'll yeah. just say that. All right. All I'll right. just say it. All right. But from quarters one to three and a half, he has not been playing well. And fair enough. David Montgomery is going to continue to get the the work. He was on the field for over fifty percent of the snaps. Mike Davis saw his work go down to 24% of the snaps, which is even better news than Montgomery seeing over 50% of the snaps. So I think that David Montgomery's stock is definitely rising. He's the guy that I would put back in my lineups next week. Yeah, you have to love what you saw if you um if you had David Montgomery on your team. The fact that they basically made him their running back one and fairly obvious that it should be that way moving forward unless something drastic happens. So, yeah, nice, nice uh, rise there for David Montgomery. Michael, last, your last, yeah, your last rising. Uh, Christian Kirk. Oh, yeah, 100%, bro. Dude, if Kyler Murray's going to throw 50 game, fifty passes a game, sign me up for Christian Kirk. I yeah. mean, he has he went four for 32 week one on only 12 targets. So he had the targets, just didn't go too well. And then six for 114 on eight targets against Baltimore. In PPR leagues, Christian Kirk is wide receiver three gold. In half PPR leagues... Looking like he could still—he's a solid wide receiver three. Standard leagues—I don't know how often he's going to find the end zone, but I mean Christian Kirk, whoever took the chance on him in the seventh, eighth round, looking like it's—it's uh, it's going swimmingly so far. Shout out! Speaking of touchdowns in standard league, shout out to Ladanian Thompson who put the ball in the end zone thirty-one times one year. Unbelievable! Can you imagine having a pro player that put the ball in the end zone thirty-one times? Unbelievable! I remember having David Johnson who scored twenty touchdowns and thinking that it was the best thing of all time. Imagine eleven more touchdowns. That's a whole good season on That's top nice. of that. That's nice. Crazy. And Real in the nice. standard league, that was before PPR even even existed. Yeah. Speaking about that, PPR stocks is up. Let's go to our stocks down. <laughs> the worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. 43. Everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, wiped everything out. and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. 43% down. Yeah, well, you start talking about stocks, you automatically become British? Um, yes. <laughs> the short answer is yes. Stocks. <laughs> um, British. You know, shout out to the OGs who remember Johnny on the first couple episodes of the show. This dude randomly just started saying margarita, margarita. Me and Jason started making fun of OD a couple days ago. 
we were because we went out for like a dinner together and he was like Can I, huh, let me get a margarita and we were like yo since when do you not know since when are you like this brooklyn dude who, who can't say margarita <laughs> yo let me get a margarita like, hey, let me get a margarita we just like yo say margarita he's like margarita like what are you doing <laughs> like he it's it's hilarious if you know johnny it's hilarious all right then but yeah so for the six people Sometimes listening you just know gotta johnny. throw in some personal stories because that's what the people love by the way follow <laughs> at johnny patrop really good musician yeah yeah, really. Maybe he says margaritas in one of his songs. I don't it, recall it. It's possible. He definitely says Most tacos likely. and liquor. At some point, he probably says margarita. At Johnny Patrop. Give him a follow. Um, stock falling. I'm going to start with the stock falling. Joe Mixon. Look, another guy that we were very down on. Yeah. Uh, because, look, his opportunity is there, but there's, there's a math equation. Opportunity plus talent or opportunity plus efficiency equals fantasy gold. The problem is Joe Mixon has never been good in the NFL. He's just had the opportunity. He's never been an efficient player. And when he gets a little tiny tweak of something, some kind of injury, he becomes even less efficient to the point where he absolutely shit on teams last week. 11 for 17 on the ground, three catches for 10 yards through the air. That's his total line. The fact that Cincinnati even put him out there made no sense. Like you have a very viable backup in Joe Bernard and he's banged up. Just, Even Gio Bernard sucked in his opportunity. Six carries for six yards. I mean, he he only had six carries the whole game. So, but yeah, the whole rushing that offensive line looks terrible, and their rushing attack looks terrible. That's so. one thing we mentioned. That offensive line. Look, when you're Andy Dalton, you're getting the ball out in under three seconds to your speedy wide receivers. Maybe the offensive line doesn't matter as much. The offensive line matters for a guy like Joe Mixon. Yeah. So it might not be the time to trade him right now because the stock is trading low. But man. I'm trying to trade Joe Mixon as soon as he has even I mean, a I see on game. Twitter, of course, a lot of people are saying great buy, low opportunity for Joe Mixon. Go. Sell him to those people. I'm not trying to buy Joe Mixon. Sell right him. Trying. If you can get, we are, like. We're already, like, we're probably, I can't think of a single other podcast or fantasy analyst who's lower on Joe Mixon than we are. Yeah. 100%. And so far, we've we've been right. We've been right every time. And people just won't buy into the fact that Joe Mixon just isn't a weekly RB1. The two guys I'm about to say, I'm gonna, I'll let you go. But Joe Mixon and Leonard Fournette and my stock falling, those are two guys Similar. that are both in the always in the top two rounds that literally have stayed there and gotten there on hype and hype alone. Well, Fournette have, fell to the third this this year. That's true. But, but hype and hype alone because they've done nothing to stay in those positions. Fournette is still getting the, the work though. But what is he doing with the work? We'll we'll talk about that in a second. Go ahead, Michael. Uh, my first one we could just basically skip after because we already talked about this guy a ton. It's Juju. So we already yeah. talked about the fact that he should still be solid. He's just the ceiling isn't there. So let's get right into it. Leonard Fournette, man. Look, my dreams, though, of Juju going 100, 1,610 are likely gone. I mean, your your dreams are definitely gone, I would say. <laughs> like, for sure, 100%. <laughs> Sorry, man. Just, it is what it is. Unless, unless Mason Randolph is the man. Rudolph. Rudolph, I'm sorry, is the man. You never know. Yeah. Um, that would look, be something. Leonard Fournette. 15 carries, 47 yards, gets stuffed at the goal line to end the game. Four catches for 40 yards, not lighting the world on fire. Yep. Another inefficient game for Leonard Fournette. And now that Gardner Minshew is the quarterback there, they're going to force him to to beat them. They're going to force, and they're going to stack the box against Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette has not proven that he's a guy who can carry his team on his back, a la Saquon Barkley. Yeah. So he's not a guy that, even even to a certain extent, Joe Mixon, 
who has always been on a bad team, but has at least been fantasy viable to the point of a third round pick being justified or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and Leonard Fournette's not that guy. So, man, they they spent a fourth overall pick on Leonard Fournette. They have to be regretting that right now. They could have got Deshaun Watson or uh, Patrick Mahomes with that pick. I mean, that's why you don't take running backs early. Really rough. But, yeah, Leonard Fournette, man. I have never owned Leonard Fournette on a fantasy team, and I am very thankful because he is a he is an inefficient player, and I don't want to own him anywhere. Can't believe me there. Stock is down on him. For me, my next stock down, it's Chris Carson, which is odd after last week. But the fact that last week his great game was overshadowed, overshadowed the fact that he lost a fumble. And then in week two, early on in the game, he loses a fumble. And Rashad Penny comes into the game, and they play the bench treatment for Chris Carson, I guess, to try to teach him a lesson. I never understood that, the whole, we're going to make the team worse by benching our better player. Just make him do something, make him run more at practice or something. I mean, Penny had a big run. He did. Penny played admirably. He played well, which is, again, not good for Carson. Outside the big run, he was inefficient, but you can't, that's not fair to say. You can't say outside his best run, he was inefficient, because that counts. Well, I didn't say that. I'm I'm saying <laughs> I think we're saying it like I said it. I was like no. no because people are gonna say like oh well look what he did besides his big run but he had the big run yeah but then Carson as well lost another fumble later it wasn't tech I mean I don't know if you want to blame it on Carson it was it was like a bad snap and transfer so that was rough but I mean if he I still do expect him to be the league dog for now but if he if this fumble problem persists it could go downhill pretty fast for Chris Carson when you are making turnovers happen and you're not a defensive player uh and you have a first round pick behind you watch your back yeah. uh mine is duke johnson man man that's remember yeah. when lamar miller got that hurt supposed to be in this this is exactly what stock down is made for but then again this is why me and jason didn't draft duke johnson yeah in same the, in the fifth or sixth round i agree once upon a time in the sky was the limit for duke johnson bro like imagine him but Last week, only six carries for 31 yards. More importantly, 0 for 1 on targets. Carlos Hyde touched the ball 20 times. 20 times for 80 yards for Carlos Hyde, which is four yards a carry is not the greatest in the world, but it'll get the job done, especially for a head coach in Bill O'Brien who's shown that he doesn't care if his running backs get any yards. He's going to hand it to them 20 times a game anyway. Um, It was just unreasonable for us to think that a player or a team that has never thrown to the running back out of the backfield, all of a sudden will get Duke Johnson and add that to their game. At week one, it, it was more so. But then again, Kiki QT came back week two. Right. Kenny Stills had a larger role. I think that's I think that's what – I think Kiki QT is the, is the big difference. It might be a tough sledding for Duke Johnson. Man, all those people who have Duke Johnson. And you know what's the worst part? Like Carlos Hyde isn't even like a – he has nine points two weeks in a row. So you can't even start Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you want a nice floor, I guess I mean, nine is a nice floor. But And then you got, like, this is even funnier last week how we said someone in our league offered me Duke Johnson for Juju. Like, well, it was John Zelvis. I know. Hilarious. So he, just so you know, just to give you a little context <laughs> on John, he had no wins last year. He was a rough year. Is he going to win this week? No, he's going to lose no, again this week. Too. Yeah. So he's he has a, what, 17 game losing streak. Apparently. It's impressive. Yeah. We got to make him wear a dress of the draft next year. I got one more for you, Tim. Talk to me, bro. One more stock falling. The man, the myth, the legend, Josh Gordon. He went 
Oh, man, this one's tough because I, I drafted him in the fifth round in, in one of my leagues. And Josh Gordon was someone I was completely avoiding. Jason liked him at ADP. I know you got him in a couple spots. Uh, two receptions and 19 yards and only five targets against Miami. Week one only saw four targets. AB, first game, only 14 snaps, saw eight targets. They were force-feeding him, I feel like, they to get him acclimated. But he only played 14 snaps, and his role is only going up. Here's why I'm not selling on – I'm holding on Josh Gordon. I mean, his stock is lowering, though. I, I don't think so. Not yet. Right now, do you know what it is? The, the stock market is rumbling because there's we some, do have this some, lawsuit uh, out against – Some rumblings about a depression coming in for the Josh Gordon stock. That's true. But there could be something that changes the tide, and that changes the tide is a rape allegation against Antonio Brown. And we won't get into the rape allegations because we're not that kind of show. But what we will get into is how that affects fantasy football. And if Antonio Brown gets put on the commissioner's exempt list, then all of a sudden Josh Gordon's right back in the situation where he was. Yeah, but if that doesn't happen, then it could be rough. I mean, Julian Edelman has his role. James White he had a bad game has too, his role. He did, but... It's against Miami. I'm just saying, it looks like Gordon could be pretty hard to trust as a weekly top 36 receiver going forward. <sighs> Unfortunately, that's the case. Because I haven't been, I, in a keeper league, I kept James Conner, Womp Womp, Ezekiel Elliott, who's been a Womp Womp so far, and Sony Michelle, who's been a Womp Womp. And that cost me my first three picks. So you got to give me Sony Michelle. Should have listened to me. It was at the end of the third. Doesn't matter. Right? It's basically a fourth round pick. Yeah, I know. And it's keeper league, blah, blah, blah. But you should have listened to me. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Mike, where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. This is our opportunity to remind you that at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter updates you on every single touchdown that happens always. Some people say that we tweet faster than than the NFL Twitter. It hasn't been scientifically determined yet, but we're going to tell you that we agree with that guy. Um and those people that say say that. Also, BrotoFantasy.com, you will find our waiver rankings. Visit Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy to not only support the show and get us some technology so we can do cool drops like we do on this show, but also um, to, you know, get the extra episodes, right? Because at the end of the day, yeah, it'd be nice to give us money, but we got to give you something in return. Yep. And what we give you in return is the best damn rankings out here. Is Demarcus Robinson for free. Look, and the the waiver wave, follow that at Brodo Wrap Up. The new wrap up is on out. Instagram. Coming out tomorrow on Instagram at Brodo FF on Instagram. So just to be hundred percent clear, Brodo Wrap Up will eventually change to Brodo Fantasy. Um, and that's why Brodo Fantasy has now changed to Brodo FF. But because of the Instagram rules where we gotta wait a little while. So shout out to follow at Brodo FF. Shout out Brodo Wrap Up. Eventually Brodo Fantasy. Brodo Fantasy again on Twitter. Uh, and don't forget to follow at Jason Patrop also on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, until next time. Peace. Later. Yay. Yeah, yeah.